0: a little bit better. I know know it's been a grind. School year's over. Just about. How many of you end school on Monday? Who ends school on Monday? Why? I think that the the, the administration did that really just to troll you. Because they hate Mondays, and they wanted to make the last day of school Monday so they could like it a little bit better, because then it's, like, festive. It's really deep. I think it's a good theory. It's a really... Yeah. <laughs> I th- it's true. Hey, stand up with me. Stand up. Would you stand up all over the room? All right. You can sit back down. Just wanted to keep you on your toes. Keep you on your toes. So, literally. Literally. Um, hey, so we have been in a series that we've been we've having a good time with it, huh?
1: It's been awesome. How it's- many of you guys are here last week?
0: That message was so Good. <laughs> Yeah,
1: my gosh.
0: it was good. I will admit, I had to, I was part of that.
1: I also want I want people to know just because. So this is my water bottle, and it's time of day, and this says five o'clock, but and it's past five. But in case anyone's like Noel, you're not caught up in your water. I was actually here, and then I refilled it to five. I did like an hour and a half ago because I knew I would want more. And I just want you all to know that in case any of you guys are judging me or and feeling like i I want to judge
0: not. her real quick with this. So how many of you think this water bottle is a little bit overkill? Raise your hand.
1: How many of you guys are jealous you of know my water, water bottle?
0: bottle <laughs> you know it's too much. When, when you run into it, you lose. <laughs> I have tripped and fallen, and I'm not kidding you, on this water bottle. This water bottle has almost caused several accidents because it falls over True, and it, it shakes the, in the car. True, it does fall in the car. It moves around. That, it, that is... And they make ones that are half the size that you could just fill up twice. Oh. And then it would make sense to carry around. But, but Noelle But Then you don't have the Noelle satisfaction the of finishing it. Yeah. I can't you. tell you how many times I've had someone say, oh, is Noelle here? And someone else will say, just look for her water bottle. <laughs> so... Um, Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Yes, that's true. And I drink, you know, she carries that around, and I have this. My son today, my son, um, we did a Donuts with Dad thing at at, uh, at preschool, and he uh, filled out the thing, you know, what's your favorite thing about your dad, what does he love, and three of his answers just said he likes to drink coffee. (laughs) And those were three of his answers. And then he said, my eyes are black. It's a little creepy. That's a little, that's a little creepy. What, what are his, he's got eyes that, yeah. Anyways, um, we're in a series called Let's Get Boba. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's get Boba sometime. let get Boba. Any, any Boba people? Bubble tea? Any, any coffee people? <laughs> any, anybody, anybody more of like, a, they like the chai tea, like kind of in between, right?
1: Honestly, it's overrated. Any anybody overrated. like
0: acai? Anyone like acai bowls? Different category. It's a different category, different category doesn't count. I'm just thinking if you go to Sweet Notes, you know. Good I good acai. There's coffee boba. I'd be interested. Um, the Maple Valley what has what? I don't even know what that means. We're gonna move on. Because Stay in your lane, just, Starbucks. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, we've been doing this series called Let's Get Boba. And it's a kind of a funny tongue in cheek way of saying we want to talk about dating and what does it look like to do it healthy, wise, right, honoring God, um, and avoid some heartache. How many of you like getting your heart uh, broken? How many of you like being a heart? Any, any heartbreakers in the room? Sorry, that's <laughs> weird. Um, but we wanted to, as we kind of kind of um, land the plane of this series, Noelle and I want to share a little bit maybe of our, our story. And um, if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to take some notes because we're going to tell you tonight four things we did wrong and four things we did right. Four things we did wrong and four things we did right. But let's tell them our story. Um, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with how we met. And I remember we were in this youth group when I was 16 years old. Noel was 14. That was 21 years ago. Because I am 37 and proud.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks. So he was 16, I was 14.
0: We we had a picture. There's a picture there a that picture? I have in my office. No. Oh gosh. That picture we saw in my office. I was like, I looked so much younger there. And Noel was like, You really did. And I was like, Dang. Because I was. And um, but we met. I was 16 years old. She was 14. And I remember my best friend Jesse, his older sister Carly. Um, we we grew up together, and she started dating Noel's older brother. And so. Carly was a part of our youth group. I grew up with her family my whole life, and so when she started dating Noel's brother, brother Thaddeus, um, he she brought him to youth, and he brought Noel. And so I remember sitting in. We had these little old like diner booths in what we called the warehouse. We didn't have a church building. And where Johnson's Home Garden is, the, the Do It Center, uh, in, in, um, in Four Corners, where the hardware store is and where Mod Pizza is. Behind there, you could almost throw a Frisbee from Dairy Queen and hit the building. It doesn't exist anymore. There used to be a bunch of warehouses and a, and, uh, a car wash. And our, our youth group was there, and we called it the warehouse. And I remember sitting in the booth, and I remember seeing Noel, And I don't know why, but I just remember that moment. And I—I I don't even know if we said anything. I might have said something really stupid, and thought it was funny. And me and Jesse probably made fun of you guys and said you're all dumb because we were just—we um, were young guys who had no clue how to exist. And so, um, so that's how we met. Do you remember? Do you remember anything from that time? Not that I literally
1: have no recollection of What's that. What's your encounter. first memory?
0: But um, my first memory is when we
1: were same age. We were at a meeting for a mission trip that we were going on. And there was probably like 12 people in this room. It was in our old church offices. And I hadn't, I didn't know Taylor. Like we weren't friends, but I knew who he was. And um, I remember I was sitting there and him and Jesse were like, hey, Noel. And I was like, yeah. And Taylor's like, smell this. And throws me a pillow. And of me being the trusting 14-year-old girl that I was, I stuck my face in it. Just, you know, why not? And he had just farted in it. And, and I remember being like, wow, all right, <laughs> like, real cool. <laughs> that's my future husband. Um, <laughs> no, but basically in a nutshell, we won't spend too much time on, our, on you know, the nuts and bolts of things, but basically we, um, after that fart experience, um, we just, no, but we just became friends. We, were, we went to youth group together, that's what we called it, and we went on a mission trip. We ended up playing in a band together. I played bass. Um, I know I know I know guys I'm, I'm telling you I'm a bass player I'm just kidding don't ever let me play bass I, I am a bass player like if every bass player died and they needed someone to play bass then I would play but when I was in high school I thought it was really good um, but I played bass and he played drums and we were in a Christian rock band together called fighting for tomorrow
0: we were Noel's dad nicknamed it gave up yesterday <laughs> <laughs> we yep. we gave up very we, Yeah, we were
1: real, real bad. And, um, but we were just good friends. And so Taylor and I, he was basically like, like any of you girls have like your best guy friend? He was my best guy friend. And, um, and then basically just over time when we got to about my junior year of high school, his freshman year of college at Green River, I was 17, he was 19. We just kind of started liking each other and kind of secretly started liking each other. We didn't tell anybody that we liked each other. We were, you know, emphatic that we didn't, like, people would come up to me at church and be like, oh, my gosh, you and Taylor should date? And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, no. But then we actually, like, no, they did And um <laughs> but we emphatically did not like each other, but we did. And then kind of in secret, when it was
0: just the two of us, we would do things like, let's all... You started the sentence wrong, like, in secret. Well, you just
1: interrupted it. I wasn't able to finish it. it, So you left them hanging. made people go. You left them hanging. No, well, I just mean when we would do things like, you want to go to the movies Friday night? Let's not invite anybody
0: else because I just don't hang out with anyone else. We left a prayer meeting early to see She's the Man (laughs) with Amanda Bynes (laughs) and Channing Tatum. It's a great movie.
1: It is an excellent movie. movie. An excellent
0: movie. Channing Tatum. Yeah. We were... We
1: also left a prayer
0: meeting earlier, a few years earlier, to see What a Girl Wants. No, that's okay. With also What with a Amanda Girl Bynes. Wants, Amanda Bynes. <laughs> <Obviously>, <laughs> Guys, we were really cool. As you can yeah. tell, she's one of our favorite actresses. Yeah, in case
1: you have ever wondered how Does cool anyone are,
0: know who Amanda Bynes is? Okay. Oh, thank hopefully.
1: God. Yeah, classic. Nowhere in her prime. <laughs> um... No, but basically, we liked each other and never talked about it. And we would have these encounters for a few months where we would, you know, No, I mean, I'm just being honest. We would, like, not hang out with other people, and then we'd end up, like, holding hands, or we'd, like, watch a movie at his parents' house with no one else there, and end up, like, on the couch, like, snuggled up together, and then, like, never say a word and leave. That kind of, like, weird... I mean, who like, gosh, it's so embarrassing. But but that's what we did, and then one day, oh, I remember we were watching this movie, and it was, like, a scary movie, and the entire movie, it's, like, you're sitting closer and closer and closer and closer together, and then you're, like, the whole movie, like, you know watching the show, and it ended, and we were like, so should we date? <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> and that's how it happened. So then, then we started, the next day was church, and we just showed up to church the next day. Like, I remember it was hecka awkward. Like, I remember seeing him at church and being like, so we're dating now. Cool. And just didn't really know how to be. And then we had about three and a half weeks of us dating, yep. and it was so awkward, and just off. It was. And um, remember, we went on a date and I got like a stomach ache at Red Robin. That was
0: our first date, though. Our first that real date. That was our first date. We went to Red Robin in Auburn. She got the clam strips and, like, they're what? still great. That's your fault. I don't even for know if they still sick. have them, but they were so good. Anybody to this else? Day, have you guys ever had the it. clam strips at Red Robin? I think she faked it because she was like, wasn't sure.
1: No, Wasn't no. sure about me. That's not true. I didn't fake and it. And the
0: worst part about it is I had to drive her home, and I had bought the the, the, <laughs> tickets, <laughs> the tickets, and I bought dinner, because that's what you do, dudes. Like, don't go on a date and make her pay, unless you're married, because then you share your money. So
1: Okay. In that case. But so anyways, but, we, we...
0: So I, had to, I drove all the way back to Auburn the next day to return the oh tickets, because I needed the $18. <laughs> I didn't
1: know that. That's funny. Yeah. Um. No, so then we we so basically... Long story short, we broke up, and it was mutual, and it was good. And I remember, like, I was so conflicted the whole time we were dating because it was, like, on paper, this seems right. Like, he was, like, my best guy friend. We have all this chemistry. We like each other. But the whole time we were dating, I just had this, like, uh, like, it just didn't click. And I remember, like, coming home from our coffee date, we went to for our wilderness Starbucks RIP and um I came home and my mom was like so what happened and I was like we broke up and she was like yay because I had been talking to her about because it was not like in a no shade on Taylor it was just like she I talked to her about it and um but then what ended up happening is a couple days later um was it a couple days later or like a week later you liked me again
0: Yeah um I'll let you speak Basically yeah. I mean, everything she said was true, um, and, but we, it was a mutual thing, because we both kind of, like, I had a realization, she had a realization, and we both thought, I think we both thought we were breaking up with each other. hundred percent, yeah. Um, and I remember we're sitting in, in her 1999 Volkswagen Beetle, uh, in the front, uh, the front of Wilderness Village Starbucks, right across from QFC. RIP. Uh, which is where my first job was, that's where I worked at the time, and, um, and so we broke up, and, and I remember just uh, part of why we broke up for me was um, I was conflicted in, in my own soul. There's, there's another girl that I, ha- I had liked, and that girl um, really kind of, like, she shut me down months before. She heard we're dating, and then she tried to, like, hey, actually, I really did like you the whole time, and it really confused me. Like, honestly. And so I think God let me get into the relationship, and then let it fall on its face, and then let me, me make a fool of myself. And I, I remember I had, a, I had a guy who was kind of sensing it, and he was one of my youth leaders. He came up to me, and he punched me in the chest. And he, he used some choice words, but he basically said, what the H are you doing, bro? And he just called me on the car. He was like, dude, you are an idiot. And um, not because, not f- so much for what I was, like, it was what I was portraying and representing. I was, it was inconsistent with who he knew he, me to be. And, and so, really, it was not long after that I came to my senses and I'm like, wow. Like, as I'm like, you ever needed to step out of something, kind of spiritually or emotionally, and then you look at it and you get, you get some perspective, and you realize, oh, that's what I had. Or that's what I missed, or that's what I didn't see. And that was one of those moments. And I remember it was, it was probably the next Wednesday. We're at Youth. And I remember seeing you and being like, oh man, like the the I was reminded again why I was even like, because it's not like we dated and we were two toxic, stupid, like awful people who were like full of hatred, or and um just like could not get anything right in life. We just uh, we weren't ready, but um, I remember just realizing like, man, she really is the kind of person that I want to um, to be with. But I also realized in that season, there were some things that needed to develop in me so that I could have a sustainable relationship, marriage, family in the future. Because I stand here tonight now, we stand here uh, 14 years into marriage, and keep in mind, Noel was 14 years old when we first met. <laughs> And so we, we've now been married for that same amount of time. That's a long time. That's, that's not a short amount of time. I know for some of you, you're like, well, you guys are old. And, um, and I remember when one of my mentors, whose daughter I'm marrying her and her husband next month, he was my mentor. I remember when he told me that he was celebrating his 10-year anniversary with his wife. And I'm thinking, bro, you just discredited yourself. You are so old. And so I know I'm doing that, but here's, here, what I want you to get is... And we've said this throughout the series is the goal is not for you to get this right simply today. Like, date good while you're in high school. Like, you know, stay pure. Yeah, check off the box. Like, don't be bad and and follow Jesus or what. No, like, I'm trying to get you when you're 30 to have healthy relationships. I'm trying to see you when when you've got your kids who are in this youth ministry, like 18, 20, 30 years from now, and you're looking back on this season saying, "I'm glad those tweaks got made when I was 16 and didn't need to wait till I was 36. Right. Because I know some 36 year olds and 35 year olds and 50 year olds whose lives are in shambles, they cannot hold anything down, they can't, they can't even hold a job, they can't hold any healthy relationships. Why? I would venture to say, and I, I'm not going to paint with a broad brush, but because there were things that they did not deal with earlier on, and so the goal is is to get this right now so that you can continue to get it right. Right.
1: So with our story then, we basically had this two years then of an, a very awkward relationship where I was completely closed off to us dating, and Taylor pursued me. Like, may, like he was very – there was no question what his – desire was, was to date me. And I was completely like, no. And we would have lots of conversations. And, and it's like, what's funny looking back on it is, it's like we would go months and months and months not talking to each other. And then we'd see each other at Starbucks and sit down and have like a four hour conversation that felt like 10 minutes. And so we kind of always had this connection. Um, but there was, in me personally, there was just something in my heart that just wouldn't let me open that door. And honestly, it was a spiritual thing. And we can kind of we'll get into that, um, but that to say in a nutshell because we need to get to our things. Um, then we got back together after our freshman year of Bible college. We went to the same Bible college, you know, not together. We didn't go there together, but we just she happened followed me. And did not. Um, <laughs> but we ended up there and then got back together at the end of our freshman year, and then got engaged the next year. Got married the year after that. Um, but so we are sharing with you guys today four things that we did wrong and four things that we did right. And the first wrong and right, if you're taking notes, is what we did wrong is we got the timing wrong. And then on the flip side, we then got the timing right. So for us, in our story, it was the right thing in the wrong time, the first time around. And like I said, like we were friends. Taylor was the quintessential church guy. He was like drummer on the worship team, you know, just this great qu- Christian dude. He was the pastor's son of the church. Like, it's like, like you know, and I was like the girl that, like, sang. So we were like the perfect church couple, um, you know, in our youth group. <laughs> Literally, I mean, our youth group was like 30 people. And um, we, so it, on paper, our relationship looked like, yeah, they're meant to be together. But then when we were together, it just wasn't right. And then what we learned kind of in retrospective, looking back when the timing was right is exactly what Taylor was saying in that, There was things that we had to work out within ourselves as individuals that we hadn't done when we dated the first time. And when we dated the first time, like I was 17, he was 19, we weren't like, you know, it it wasn't like even like we were like super young or anything like that. And we knew each other super well. It's like we were good friends. It wasn't like we had these like things in our, you know, that we were hiding from each other. But it was just, we just weren't I think as people ready to bring what was needed to that relationship and the difference when we went into it the second time around, which was just a couple of years later, um, wasn't just that we were older. I feel like it, what it was actually was that spiritually there were things in both of our lives that we had to work out. And if I had more time, I would go in with the crazy details of what that looked like. But things like if you guys were at church a few weeks ago, how Taylor talked about idols. And he kind of idolized his relationship with me. And he had to release that. And what's crazy, spooky, spiritual is that when he did, literally, that's when there was literally like God flipped a switch in my heart. that was like like a tangible, like, wow, something changed when, God, when Taylor laid that down. And then for me, I had t- this huge struggle with trusting God with my future. I really didn't, and I felt like I had to control everything and couldn't actually trust the steps that God was placing in front of me because I couldn't see the end result. And when I was finally able to lay that down and actually trust that God was actually going to lead lead me and direct my steps, even if God's not telling me my life plan, I can trust step number one, and I can trust step number two, I had to lay that down because my plans were a huge idol in my life. Like, I idolized control, and I idolized my plan, and Taylor wasn't in my plan, and so I had to lay down my idolization of that, and then in that process, it was like it, it, it was funny because when we got back together, we just kind of were sharing, where, like, what's been your journey? And we both had this realization of, like, oh, my gosh, like, God's been working on us both separately. So now when we come together, we've already sorted these things out and can come together whole.
0: Well, and how many of you have heard someone say something like the phrase, you know, my other half, referring to someone they're dating or married to? Anyone ever heard that? Like, it's kind of an old trope, Right. And I I just want to make sure that you know that that is inaccurate. It's not real. You are not here to find the person who will complete you. Not only, here's what I want to say, like, God did not create you half. He created you whole. And when sin enters your life, it breaks you. So the reason Jesus comes is to remind you how to be, right. which is whole. And some of you, you, you're nodding, or at least in here, because you know there have been times where I needed a dude so that I could feel like I was right with the world. And I, I needed, a, I needed a, a girl on my side, or I needed a guy who was with me so that I could feel like I was complete. If there's even an ounce of that in you, then there's some work that God needs to do in you before it is time for you to jump into a relationship. Otherwise, you will project onto that guy what you wish your dad was. You'll project onto that girl what you wish your mom was. You'll project onto that person what you wish you had in your life or what is not working. And it's unintentional. It is literally unintentional. But what happens is we will, we will try and get completed. Now, I'll say it two ways. One is you're a complete person. You don't need anybody to complete you. You are a complete person, and you need God to continually fill you up. Because your sin and your struggle and your issue will con- always try and go against that. So you need God every day, yeah. right? And there's a difference between I am um, at the core There's something rotten in my soul, and everything that I do is off-kilter. And I am a person who loves God, and I'm also still human, and I make some mistakes. And what you probably need is somebody else to help assess that, not you self-assess. Because otherwise, you'll, you'll probably appraise yourself way higher or way lower so that you can get yourself to get what you want. Because you're a human being, and your tendency is to rationalize so that you can get what you want. So you'll, you'll kind of close one eye to certain things in your life, pretend that it's not as big a deal it is, as it is, or on the flip side, you will beat yourself up because you think that you are evil and rotten and don't deserve love. Both are pride and both will kill you. And you don't need any of that. So what you've got to do is you've got to remember that God has made you a whole person and that God makes everything good in its time.
1: You can write this down, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. Um, we're not going to read that whole scripture right now, but this is one I would encourage all of you guys to not just read, but like read it. Get it in your spirit. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. That's E-C-C-L-E. S-I-A. No, S-t-
0: E-C-C-L-I-A-S-T-E-S. Wow. Or you can just write E-C-C.
1: Um, it's misspelled yeah, but this here. is It's just a scripture that talks all about the seasons of life. And that's the truest thing is that life comes in seasons. Um, so let's move on to number two. Yeah. Um, one thing that we didn't do and that we did wrong and one thing we did right is we didn't include the
0: right people. But then we included the right But then we people.
1: did include the right people. So first time around, I mentioned this and I said the secret stuff. But basically, we kind of hid our relationship. We didn't talk to anybody about it. We didn't, I didn't tell anybody at all that I had feelings for Taylor. It was kind of like this... It was a secret, and looking back for myself, what that was, I know for me, was that I was running from wise counsel. There were people in my life that knew me well, that I knew that if I told them, yeah, you know, I'm me and Taylor like each other, and we've never talked about it, but... This happens when we're alone together, that they would be like, what the heck? And that they would probably advise me, you know, that's not really wise. And why is that happening with the two of you? That's super disrespectful for him to, you know, hold your hand, you know, like th- things like that when they're not even saying anything to you. Like, it's like they w- there would have been some red flags. And I literally just didn't want to hear it. And I like, like, blatantly was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to talk about it. And um, so we hit it
0: and we didn't include people in that. And decisions in isolation are always bad decisions. Decisions and, uh, and, oh gosh, there are some of us who are in here or some of us that we know who are running from wisdom because they know wisdom and they're avoiding the wisdom of others. They don't show up to certain things or they just avoid certain people because they know that God's like chasing them down through other people. Like God doesn't have to show up in the flesh. He'll just send somebody who's smart, who cares about you who doesn't make stupid decisions, who's like, yo, cut it out. Or, hey, are you all right? What's going on? And sometimes it's not blatant, and sometimes you're not evil. Because can I tell you, it is not a sin for you to leave this room and go decide to date somebody and date them and not tell a soul about it. It is not wrong. But I can tell you it's probably unwise. And sometimes a lack of wisdom doesn't start as wrong or sin, but it leads to lifestyles of sin. 100%. And some of us, we avoid the wisdom of others because we don't want to admit that we, we know that there's a better way, but it's harder. It's more difficult. Or so just
1: realizing that it means we'll have to change something.
0: So don't avoid wisdom. We, but the second time around, we included the right people. And I remember, I remember um, the conversation that we had when we got back together is we um, – we were sitting in my driveway. You dropped me off at my house. We left to Applebee's right here in Covington with some other friends. Your so house, was, close to,
1: <laughs> your house was, was
0: closer to mine, um, so it made sense for you to drive, drop me off. We end up having like a three-hour-long conversation in my driveway at my parents' house summer before our sophomore year of college. And um, I remember we have this conversation, and I get out of the car. I go to the garage. You start to pull out of the driveway. And I knew right in that moment that I was going to marry her. And we, we just knew it. I, I knew it. I'm not sure if she knew it when she was pulling away. I'm sure she cried tears of joy because she'd been waiting to be with me. And, um, but the next day, I met with her dad. I'm old school. Met with her dad. Met with our youth pastors that, that same weekend. We got some wise counsel. And we started telling people, like, hey, we're going to do this right. Because we cared about each other. And... Um, I'm glad we did. For
1: me personally leading up to that too, because I could tell in our story, I could tell that I needed to resolve stuff with me and Taylor. And so in the weeks leading up to this conversation, I had so many countless conversations with really close confidants of mine of just, you know, talking it through. Because I knew us getting back together if it happened would be a huge deal because of our history you know our saga of a relationship. So this time around, the difference really was that it was in the right time, and we—it wasn't in isolation, it wasn't in secret, it wasn't this thing that, you know, no one was let in on. We brought it to people that we trusted, um, a variety of people that were, and we asked them to speak into our life.
0: Yeah, write this scripture down. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And I I said it a few weeks ago, the four Ps. Anyone remember the four Ps? Raise your hand if you remember the four Ps. Olivia, what is it? So, the four Ps, let's give it up for Olivia. So, I would encourage you this is wisdom, this is not rules. This is not rules. But it is wisdom. Get your parents or the authority figures in your life on board. Um, and, I, and, again, I recognize not everyone else here has two parents in the home. Not everyone here uh, has parents who follow Jesus. And so I know there's, there's some gray in that. But aim, right? Get wisdom. Some of your parents don't follow Jesus, but they do have experience in wisdom. So honor that. Honor their authority in your life. Parents, your pastors, so get your leaders on board. Like, get them in your They care about you. I think. So, like, say, what do you think? Like, because I'm 16, and, but I want to be 26 and in a healthy place, too. Right? Right? So get your parents, get your pastors, get your peers. What do your friends say? But don't start with your peers. Like, make that the last one. Right? Because some of your peers are dumb. <laughs> and then get, get peace. If you don't have peace from God, then don't, don't proceed. Number three. Um. One of the things that we did wrong and then we did right was we had a lack of clear boundaries up front. But the second time around, when we got back together, and I'll say that this was true for my previous relationships too, which played into my tendencies in this relationship, is when we first started dating, it was a challenge. We, didn't have, we had a lack of clear boundaries. And this, this is physically, emotionally, and otherwise. And we, we did not start and lead with right boundaries. And in fact, when we first dated, it was like the last thing that we talked about. And, and when we got back together, because we, we assumed, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, we assumed that we just got it. We, we were safe. We're good. We're okay. We both love Jesus. We, lo- we care about each other. We're nice people. We know what good boundaries are. We would never do that. We, I would never go that far. I would never. And it just became an afterthought.
1: Honestly, we were arrogant.
0: I wasn't going to use that word. But. No, but
1: it's, I mean, that's the truth. I mean, looking back, it's like when I look at that, I was very confident in my, you know, ability as a strong Christian girl to be like, yeah, I know my boundaries.
0: And just, and it was pride, yeah. 100%. It really was. And but the second time around, we had learned some things. And I had, you know, we, we had our whole journey. We told you some of that. We spent, I spent two and a half years really toiling in my soul over, Gosh, like, I can't let go of this thing. It weighed down on me at times. It was hard. It was difficult. And, um, but it was so necessary for God to do some work so that when we got back together, like, when we, when, when that happened, like, the first conversation we had was, obviously, I said, with her dad. I met with her dad. I met with her, uh, you know, I, our youth pastors. And then we met with each other, and we said, what are our boundaries, and like I, we talked a little bit about this last week, but you defer to the, the stricter boundaries because the aim is, is purity, not in a legalistic sense, not in a you can't, you can you can't, you can. That's not the way we roll. But the aim is to honor God with your life and with your sexuality. And we really believe as Christians, biblically at this church, we believe that sex and any sexual activity is designed for marriage between a man and a woman. Anything outside of that, I'm not here to bash anyone, to hate anyone, to say that you can't come here if you're struggling with that. It's quite the opposite. You should come here. We love you. And we're all on a journey. But we're still aiming to please God with our lives. And we can't mince around that. I know that's inconvenient and uncomfortable for some people. Because you want to do what you want to do, what you feel like doing. You want to say what you want, dress like how you want, listen to what you want, say, like do all of the things that you want, feel what you want, go where you want. You want to do whatever you want because culture, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dance around this culture. Uh, I don't mean like there's a big bad person in a tall castle pulling strings like you're a puppet, but that's actually quite literally spiritually what does happen. Is the enemy controls us in in here and with bad ideas? That are played out throughout culture that portray something to be accurate or good or helpful, but in reality it leads to death. And this is where you see idol worship all throughout the Old Testament. Right. Is what would happen? Kings would get arrogant. They would put up, you know, a hundred foot tall golden statues for people to worship. And you know what would happen? Their kingdoms would crumble. And this would always happen because what does culture do? It's selling you this idea. That when you do this, you will experience this. And it's subtle. It's not like a, hey, teenager, hey, teens, watch this TikTok, and then buy this lie. <laughs> you know, it's not like that. But it's subversive. And it, and it portrays these people are living their best life, doing what they want, and it's not hurting anybody. So why is it wrong? Yeah. And this is what I would call short-sighted thinking. It's, or what scripture would call futile thinking. And it's short-sighted. It only sees a small scope. But Christians, we see beyond, and we realize we're being sold a bag of goods. And Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly, but the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He hates your soul. God's got a plan for your life, and so does the devil. And you cannot be naive to his schemes. And one of his schemes is to get in there by destroying your sexuality, by getting you to accept a sexual ethic that is sub, like below what Scripture offers. Scripture's way is harder, it's more difficult, it's at times less fun in the short term, it's not easy, and in fact, it might make you enemies of some people in culture. That is real, and I'll say it again. God's way, scripture's way, Jesus' way, his sexual ethic laid out in the Bible, which we believe in, offers you a way that is more difficult. It's less easy. You have to sacrifice. But it is always worth it. God's way is always worth it. God's way is always worth it. God's way is always worth it. But your aim must be first and foremost, I want to please God. Everything else follows 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8. We read this last week, but I just want you to write it down so that you can think of this one. And it says, live in order to please God. I won't read the whole thing, but it talks about avoiding sexual immorality and how this comes not from people, but comes from God who gives us the Holy Spirit. And so don't try and will yourself into perfection. Lean into God knowing that his grace is enough for you. And when you're weak, He is strong. When you need forgiveness, Jesus provided that on the cross. And when he rose from the grave, he gave it to you once and for all. So you don't need to worry. Did I do something too bad yesterday that makes it to where I'm not worthy to be in this room tonight? It is quite the opposite. You are worthy not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did for you. And he loves you, and he always will love you. No matter what you did, what you are currently doing, or what you will do in the future, God's love for you was not predicated on what you did, but it is built 100% on what Jesus did you thankful for that tonight? Yeah. Come on, are you thankful for God's love for you? Yeah. And so this is what we got to do. We, we get boundaries, not because we were afraid, but because we want to be free. Right. And the last one that we got wrong and that we got right is vision.
1: Yep. Um, so the first thing we got wrong was we had no vision. And then when we got it right, we knew what we wanted, and we had vision. Um, when I think of when we dated the first time, um, like I remember that night when we were like, so should
0: we date? That's literally what we said. We, I think I said it. Should we start dating?
1: <laughs> and it's like, we started dating. You did,
0: which is another problem in and of itself. I <laughs> won't go into know. it. I know. That uh, was a worst. It really,
1: yeah. Um, but it's like, when we started dating, we started dating because we liked each other. And it made sense. Like, yeah, why would we not? You know, I mean, sure, I'm attracted
0: to you. We get along. Every you know, Everybody else is dating. Might I don't well. know how you were attracted to me, though. We I were don't. looking at some pictures I'm yesterday not. from that season. I'm not going to lie. I was so <laughs> ugly. <laughs> No, really. You guys. We showed our
1: friends that I was didn't, so unattractive. We showed our friends like, that
0: <laughs> I was unattractive for 2002 and three. Like it wasn't like, well, that was the style then. It was like, no, it what on earth? Like it's my mom's fault. She's the one who made me go to to, to supercuts. No, for get my real. Cut that way.
1: We showed our friends at our house a couple weeks ago that didn't. They only know Taylor as like this Taylor. They've only known him for like five years, and we showed them. No, they've known you longer, but they didn't know you then. But we showed them this picture, and they both were like. Dumbfounded, like they were. Uh, like they were discouraged. They were literally like, like not like they were. They didn't laugh. They were both like, "This is you," like, <laughs> like they were concerned.
0: <laughs> but no, anyway, yeah, not it was bad. No, we're
1: not. It's if you want to see it, I have it on my phone. I'll I'm show you guys. Anyone who wants to see it, it it's on my phone. It.
0: I'll show you. Turn on your airdrop. I'll give it to you. It's okay, so no,
1: but that to say, when we started dating the first time, we started dating because why not? We like each other. We're old enough. You know, sure, let's date. This makes sense. I like you. You like me. Cool things that we didn't have figured out in our life yet was, you know, that we weren't thinking about was like, wow, I'm about to graduate high school next year. Do I really want to have a boyfriend right now? Am I ready? Like, we didn't think about anything other than the fact that we liked each other and it made sense. And we had literally no vision. The second time around when he shares the story of You know, he when like that moment of like me in my car and he gets out and he was typing in. I remember he was like typing in the garage code and we're like saying bye to each other and he knew in that moment he was going to marry me. For me in that moment, I remember literally I pulled out of his parents' driveway and I started weeping and I'm not a crier. Like if you know me, I'm I I'm not a crying person and so if I cry, it's significant. And I started crying, not because I was like, finally, God, I get to date him. But it was literally, I was crying because I remember it. Like, I I can see the scene. I I remember just praying, like, God, I want to get this right. Like, I just want to have my life honor you. And the difference in my side of it this time around for me personally was that I wanted to be in this relationship and have it honor God. I wanted it to not just be something that was for me selfishly but was something that was honoring to God and something that was honoring to the life that God gave me knowing that God gave me a life that God gave me a purpose that God created me with purpose so I'm no I don't want to waste my time on stuff that's going to take virtue from me and not give any fruit. And I felt like that's dishonoring to the life that God's given me. And I remember that moment, and it was like this time around, we had vision. We, we weren't dating just to have fun. We were dating because, okay, we're gonna take this seriously. This could lead to marriage, which was scary. I was 19. I don't wanna get married that young, but it's like we got married a couple years later. But it's like we came into it with purpose.
0: Yeah, and the Proverbs 29:18. It says, and you should write this one down. This is a big one. Where there is no vision, the people cast off their restraints. So and, good. And what this means is when there's a lack of vision, there's no reason for you to say no yeah. or yes. And I, I was talking with an athlete recently, and they were talking about the diet regimen that they're on. And there are a lot of restraints on them because they want to have freedom when it comes to their play. And so they're actually saying no because they want to be able to get a resounding yes. So his willingness to say, I'm not eating any, or whatever the things are, I'm not a diet person, expert, but... He's, I'm not eating this, I'm not drinking this, I'm not drinking any of these things, I'm not eating any of these things, I'm not eating after this time, I'm not eating before this time, and I'm eating just this amount of calories, and I'm counting every single calorie, and I'm burning this many, and I know exactly what I'm doing, because I've got my eyes set on the season, and I want to be ready for when that season comes. That's so good. Right? Yeah. And we, we have no problem looking at an athlete saying, yeah, that makes sense. But we are often unwilling to do that with our lives, which is way more important than any sport. Yeah. Wow. So why would you not say no to some certain things for a short period of time so that you can say yes to the greater things for the future of your life? That's a good point. I, it should have been a louder, wow, that's good, because <laughs> it is. That's really good. I, honestly, it's really good. Right. It's true. Because you need a vision. You need a vision. Where there is vision, people will retain and hold on to the restraints, meaning they will say no to the certain things. Sorry, we don't uh, we don't hang out after this certain time, because I got a vision, and it includes my wedding day. It includes giving myself to you fully on that day. That's part of your vision, and I'm not saying you need to imagine all of the details. But what I'm saying is, I had a vision. I had a vision of giving myself to Noelle on that night. I had a vision of it. I really did. And that vision motivated me to stay pure. That vision motivated me to be honest when I wasn't. That vision motivated me to be in Portland when we were engaged and she was in Seattle to call her and say, I need to be open about some things that I've been struggling with. That vision was, it was causing me to do things that other people would just pass over. Why? Because it was important where I was going.
1: Right, and I think also with having vision, it's not just boundaries, but it's things like, Depth. Like, I think of times in our relationship when we were dating that second time around where we'd have these pivotal conversations, the ones where you're like these deep conversations where you're really sharing depths of your heart. You're trusting someone with that. And we had vision for that being healthy. We had vision for what kind of relationship do we want to have five years from now? You know, we had vision. I think of like, I wish that when I was 17 and dated Taylor for the first time, that I would have had vision. I would have had vision then because I would have saved myself a lot of awkward couple of years.
0: You probably would have said no.
1: Yeah. Because you probably if, wouldn't if, have
0: been going like this when we were watching Gattaca. Is that the movie with uh Gattaca is a great, no. It was a scary movie. Gattaca is like, with Uma Thurman. And you hit my Gattaca's leg and then I put my big hand big. on your hand and I held it. Gothica left. is Halle Gothica, yeah. that's the one. <laughs> that was a scary movie. Yeah.
1: Gattaca is not. Gattaca is sci-fi. Gattaca
0: is more Sci- like Gattaca's sci-fi. Gattaca is great.
1: Okay. No, but it's like I think about that. It's a good movie. I wish that I would have had vision at that time in my life to say, you know what. I have a vision to have a really healthy dating relationship, and right now, I'm not capable of that. But I didn't. I just looked at it like, well, I want a boyfriend, and I like him, so why not? And, I mean, I hate to reduce it down to that because, obviously, in any situation, when you start dating someone, there's like, oh, my gosh. Like, there's so many feelings and all that kind of stuff. But it really, like, what it came down to it is that's what it was for me. Yeah. And and I wish that I would have had vision then to actually want to have a really healthy relationship that goes somewhere yeah. as opposed to just
0: dating because I could. That's great. Let's stand up. Would you stand up all over the room? I want to challenge. I want to give you a, an assignment, a challenge, and especially you guys. Raise your hand if you're a dude in the room. Okay, this is my challenge for you. This is my challenge for all of you. But don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. I want to challenge you. I want to I challenge you to get that vision and write it down. Make it plain. Get some, get some ideas. Get some goals. What kind of girl do you want to marry? What kind of person do you want to be? What kind of person do you want God to shape you to be? What kind of money do you want? To, I don't know what it is. Get a, get, a, get a whole life vision. Start writing it down. And I guarantee you that if you write that down you pray over it, God's going to fulfill that vision. I just believe it. I really do. So would you lift your hands all over the room? We're going to close in prayer. I know we're going a few minutes over. God, I thank you for every person in here. I pray we'd get a vision. And I pray, God, where there there are some in here who are afraid to dream big because they don't think that they're worthy. God, there's some girls in here whose dads have missed the mark. um, And they don't feel like they deserve a guy who's going to treat them well. And I just rebuke that thought, and I thank you that you are their heavenly loving father who says, I love you, and I got a great plan for you, and I got a great guy in store for you, don't settle. And I pray, God, that none of us would settle, but we would set our sights high and that we would be the kind of person who is a little bit more worthy of the kind of person that we want in our world. But ultimately, God, may we get that vision from you. May we follow you and love you because you loved us first. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen.